0: Welcome to Season 2 of My Garden, My Life, the podcast designed to inspire you to grow your relationship with your garden and yourself. I'm Sarah Layton, founder of Growthly, and my mission is to support and empower you to enhance your life and mental health by growing your ownership of that precious space outside your home. When we make space in our lives for ourselves, anything is possible. I want you to feel inspired and confident getting your hands in the soil, making the changes you want to your garden and feeling the joy that comes with taking action out there. Your garden, balcony, window boxes even, can literally change your life. And on that note, if you don't feel confident yet and would like a bit of support, you might like to know that I'm launching a new coaching program today to help you. It's called Grow With Your Garden, and the details are on my website via the show notes. Today, my conversation is with Grace Alexander, a flower grower and seed merchant in Somerset, who also happens to be a consultant clinical psychologist working in child protection. We had a wonderfully rich and reflective conversation in which we explored the challenges for Grace of wearing two hats being authentic on Instagram given the nature of her work and how she's finding her way to do just that through Gather, her new membership. We talked perfectionism, efforting and high achievement. Grace published two psychology books during lockdown and discovered that we have very different ways of decompressing. It's such a deep and nourishing conversation that it's hard to capture in these few words. So please listen on and see what you think. So... Grace, we've been talking for about half an hour and struggling with Zoom before we even came on the call. So it seems a bit odd to sort of start again for the process of this podcast recording, but, but here we are. <laughs> let's start again. Let's start again. Would you like to tell us about yourself? And I know that you have different hats you wear currently.
1: I do have different hats. So my I always get when I'm asked to introduce myself I always feel like I'm giving evidence in court so you have to reel (laughs) off your name and your title so I do have two hats The, the sort of the personal me is that I'm Grace Alexander of Grace Alexander Flowers and that's probably how most people will know me so I am a flower grower and a seed merchant based in Somerset but I'm also Dr Grace Alexander and I'm a consultant clinical psychologist who works in child protection in Somerset although I work nationally as well so i have very much two hats and i have a sort of a full-time day job and i have the the job that the business that fits in around that
0: and i love that description seed merchant
1: i know i've recently become and i haven't i haven't put this on my website yet but i'm desperate to uh, you have to be registered to be a seed merchant and i'm now a fully defra government approved seed merchant
0: how amazing. And what do you have to do in order to be a DEFRA approved?
1: <laughs> fill in a lot of forms. <laughs> so they don't come and examine or sort of, they don't trek and have a look at what you're doing? No, they haven't done. They can do. You have to sign lots of things to say that if they come and look at your seeds, you have to sort of let them in and, and allow them to look in your seed fridge and things like that. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've got, I've got a code and everything. How exciting! And official. I know absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I know that very excitingly. I think maybe in the last few days, this this last week, you've launched Gather, which is your new membership. Yes.
1: Program, it? So <laughs> it, 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 it's a mem- Well, it, it's a it's a it's a membership, really. But um, yes. Yeah, so it launched on Sunday night. So we're recording this on the Thursday. So we've been less, at, less than going a week. less than a week. So this is just. This is something that I've been thinking about for quite a while and something that I think does mean that I'm wearing the two hats at the same time, which is the beauty and the gardening and all of the lovely stuff that goes with my flower business. But also something that I've been really mindful of is is how much pressure there is on all of us at the moment. And we're both very active on Instagram. I love Instagram, but I think there is something about the perfection and perfectionism all that and the pressure of all that and so gather is a space where people can really just immerse themselves in some beauty and i'm very clear it's not a course you're not you probably you know you'll learn things but it's not a you know 12 week how to you know set up a flower farm or set up a business or you know there's no pressure at all to perform or do anything or achieve anything just a place to be and to really appreciate some of the beauty that I think, you know, we both think a lot about in terms of what we get emotionally from the act of gardening and being in the garden.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm
1: struck as you're talking
0: how it's a platform for you as well. You you know, what you were saying was that there's no pressure. It's a place to just come. There's nothing you have to learn or do, or it's, yeah. a, it's a place to experience the beauty and life and what I've heard so far on your lives is that you're talking about your life mm. and, and sharing some of those challenges. Yeah. Of the, of that two hats that you wear or mm. suit and boot as we were talking about. Yeah. Two two costumes, ways of, of ways of looking and dressing and operating day yeah. to day.
1: Yeah, and I think when I, in lockdown, although I, I continue to work throughout lockdown because child protection did not in any way abate mm-hmm. during um, all of that awful situation, I did, I did experiment a little bit with with writing some books as a psychologist and, and the sort of the tagline to that side of things was I'm writing the books that I need to read. Yeah. So I was very much writing for myself and something that I'm really mindful of is that I have I have the potential, most of the time it's just a reality, it's not a potential, to be incredibly self-critical and incredibly ambitious and incredibly hardworking and overworking. And I find it really difficult to just stop and enjoy the beautiful garden that I've created. Mm. I find it very difficult to to just be in the moment and, and to be quite relaxed and engaged with what I'm doing. Cause my mind's always on, what am I doing next? What have I got to fit in the to-do list, the, you know, the pressure. And so in a way gather, you're right. I'm using the lives very much to reflect my life at the moment, but I think that's because I've created a group that I really need to be part of too. Yes. And
0: isn't it so, it's so interesting that we teach what we want to learn or need yes. to learn. Yeah. And my sense is that I'm, one or two steps ahead that's all um, mm. in terms of my thinking and some maybe self-awareness in terms of sharing what's going on and maybe having a little bit of insight mm. in what it is I'm experiencing and maybe I'm not ahead at all mm. but it, it, it's about being real and when we spoke about doing this podcast I remember us talking about that authenticity and how mm. I think I would I think you said something, and I thought, but I saw something that you put out that day, and it was exquisite and immaculate, and there was absolutely no sign of the other thing that
1: yeah. I now know was going on. Yeah, I was at uh, the first time we had a conversation, I was an absolute wreck. I was a complete wreck. I'd, I'd filed. I don't know how many reports that week. I'd mm-hmm. written something like 40,000 words of court reports and I'd seen 15 children and nine adults. And I, just, I just barely knew my own name. Yeah, um, And I was, yeah, I, but, and, and something we talked about then is, is I'm really, I have been until gather, I think, incredibly careful about how much of my job that I share Because I think it's quite a, it's a very complicated topic, particularly, but it's a very complicated boundary for me to manage. And I've always been very careful with that. So yes, you would have absolutely no idea from my, you know, beautiful Cafe LA Daily or whatever the picture was. Exactly, yeah. That 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 was my my reality in in that moment and had been for about 10 days, actually.
0: And I wonder what that experience is like when you're, Writing that post, and you're choosing that image, and you're putting aside all the emotion and the exhaustion and the full upness mm. of that stuff in order to write that post. Mm. Is there something in the antidote that's supportive and helpful, or is there a pressure to post and therefore you do it, but actually it's not a very,
1: very kind? action yeah. to yourself, or do you see where i'm going with my questions? i do i do i think i think i find the act of posting i can have the space for that because i think i've been doing instagram quite a long time now and i I'm, I'm very strong in terms of i know what my aesthetic is i know what i like and i yeah. I'm, I'm you know pretty consistent in in that and though people who know me very well will often pick up the size, which is, uh, captions are nice. usually be quite short and a bit generic. I, I, I Generally, I, I won't do very emotionally reflective pieces when I'm in that level of stress, yeah. because I think yeah. it's important to, if you're going to put something out publicly, you need to make sure that comes from a place that's managed. Yes. And, you know, I see, I work with a lot of, you know, children who are on TikTok, TikTok the whole time. And I, you know, I really think, oh, I hope you know what you're doing. Mm. They don't But so I think I'm very clear in terms of my boundaries around that. So yeah. I'm put out, but what, what I can't do when I'm that emotionally full up and got my head somewhere else is I can't engage with people right yes so I'll post and I'll put a caption up because I can put out into the world but people will comment and I won't really be able to comment back yeah yeah you don't get into a conversation I, I don't have the capacity to socially engage yeah right, at that level of things yeah
0: and what I know I, I do notice now I hadn't I had noticed that I thought it was quite clever actually The the, the, the short captions in among the the bigger, the longer, I, the longer <laughs> I haven't posted on my grid for quite a while, and it's because things flit in, and somehow I haven't caught them and yeah. out, write about them sufficiently well. And then the moment passes, and I think, Well, no, I don't want to write about that now, and yes. then I haven't yeah. posted, and I haven't quite got the idea that maybe I'll post something short and sweet. Mm. So I did sort of think that was a good idea, and now I hear that there's something else there as well. Mm. And, and in Gather, it feels like it's different.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So about that. just even whilst we were, I was oh, so funny in real life, I'm five to 20 minutes late for everything. Zoom, I'm, I'm absolutely on the money all over it. I don't know why it's so different. But so I was very, I was early for this. So I thought, well, I'll just write a caption. I'll put a photo up on, because Gather has its own Instagram account, which is for members yeah. only. And it's proving to be a really wonderful, really lovely place, actually. So I'll just, I'll just quickly put something up saying we're doing this podcast. And I, <laughs> I looked at it, and there was this huge, long paragraph all about why bits of my house have got really pretentious names. And I think there is something when you feel, when I, I'll own that, when I feel safe and I think putting some boundaries around who gets to see those posts and who's allowed in to gather with Grace Alexander and who just it it being a different space to that very public arena that social media is Mm. has just unlocked a level of just enjoyment of the creativity of it I mean I love writing anyway I you know I, I write a lot and I really love writing I have a newsletter that I've written every night for something like every night, every Sunday night for 18 months now. And it's the highlight of my week to sit down and, and write that. But there is something about it being a, a community of, of known people that has completely changed the flavour of, of what I write and what I write about. And the level of personal just connection with the material is and actually I'm loving it, just loving it.
0: It's so lovely to hear you talking about it. And I'm trying to think what that. Well, just, I I, I really, really enjoy. And I I work towards sharing the, the most of myself that I can. And that's what I'm hearing you say that you're doing now in Gather. It's like it's a club. Well, it is and a it, club. If they find the door to, to, to strip off the layers and be yourself.
1: And I think part of it has come from... I have spent a long time sort of building community on Instagram and through selling my seeds to people. And I I know that I'll put up some new seeds and the same names will buy and will Mm. support me in whatever I do. And I think I've learned to trust in my day job. I'm terribly gullible, which is a terrible quality in someone with my job, but I, I believe in the best in people. But, you know, I spend my days in rooms with people who have done utterly dreadful things to often incredibly small children and you know I think I think that that does of course it does after a while it it does make you think gosh you should really be a bit careful in the world because you just don't know you know what what is going on in people's lives and what's happened and you know and you sort of just spend your days just washed in trauma and I think that's never, that knowledge is never going to go away. I'm not ever going to pretend that, you know, Instagram is real. I'm not ever going mm-hmm. to think that that's, you know, that that we can all pretend that, you know, there's love and life. And I'm and I'm very clear in my business that I will address social issues. I will talk about social justice. I won't just pretend it's all, you know, cafe lates. But I've also learned to trust my people and the people that engage with me, who buy from me, who sign up to my newsletter, who follow me on Instagram, They are, without exception, thoughtful, kind, supportive, lovely people. And I think Gather is a bit of an extension of that. And it has allowed me to sort of rediscover some fun in my relationships with people. It's allowed me to be a bit funny. I've got a terrible sense of (laughs) humour. Oh,
0: no, I think you're funny. I think your post on the non-gather I don't know what you call or how you call that the the original Instagram account I very often have an element that makes me smile or <laughs> I think your turn of phrase is very interesting I really, I really enjoy it it's interesting hearing you talk about that work ethic and that what oh, did you say at the beginning of the conversation about how hard mm. you work and how perfectionist you are and and then I see because I've joined Gather and I've now seen a bit of your garden. Do you call it
1: a garden? Or? I have a flower field and a and a garden. I
0: think I've seen your flower field.
1: Hmm. Are you going to tell me how not immaculate it is? <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was not immaculate, but it's
1: got the freedom. Oh, it's wild! It's absolutely <laughs> wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah. I'm sitting here talking to you outside I'm actually not in my studio Because I'm having a thing done to, to connect the internet over there properly But I'm sitting in, in what we call our snug And I am looking out of the window at some self-seeded teasels Which oh, I just love They're all brown And I, th- I think yeah. the seeds already gone I, was, I did look at them the other day thinking Oh, I would love to capture a few of you And mm-hmm. put you around the place yeah. But also a, the, the, rem, the remnants of a meadow mix from Pictorial Meadows. Lovely, yeah. Mix, But it's completely gone over mm. and it is now very, well, somebody who likes crisp edges and soil between their plants would call it messy, for sure. Is it flattened
1: as well? Mine's completely no. flattened with all, all the rain and all that. Oh, I've got quite fertile soil. I've got really lovely Somerset Clay and I sowed a mix of um, Highgrove Meadow mm-hmm. though, um, that was collected originally from Highgrove and unfortunately because my soil my is so good it just grew and grew and grew and grew and, grew, yeah. and it got to about sort of you know four foot tall and then we had all of that rain and it, it just flattened but you're right I mean but, I mean Meadows are not meant to be perfect.
0: No, and mine, when I say no, it's not flattened, it's definitely got elements that are sort of at 45 degrees rather Mm. than 90. And it's definitely not tidy, for sure. (laughs) And it's incredible how much pleasure there is in that Mm. as well. I can't decide whether to be a bit disappointed. I've got areas that are much more planted as in i've chosen each plant and put them in yes. in association with each other and deliberated over it mm. and chosen plants i really love um, but the, this is a sort this is an area that i haven't quite decided what to do within the garden i'm my mm. garden
1: for restructuring and complicated, but anyway um, they're always a work in progress though and absolutely. i think at, at times this idea that gathers sort of the group that i need or the, the place that i need is because things move so fast in a garden you sort of blink and it's changed and, and there are bits that they just do what they want to do and doesn't matter what you do you're still always going to have you know that thing that grows there but won't grow there and I think it really does challenge particularly for those of us who, who sort of have effort in equals outcome out sometimes gardens are really good really good thing to come up against with that that the teasels will do what the teasels will do you might be able to help them along a bit and you might be able to scatter them in the same, but actually they'll they'll decide really where yes. they're gonna be
0: yes and i remember vividly in fact i think it was in my thera- psychotherapist training sometime being in a group and suddenly clocking oh my god you mean I can put in as much effort as I possibly mm. can, and I yep. might still not get my just desert, desserts. Yeah, I'm being totally flummoxed by this idea. Yeah, just I mean, it seems quite childish now, but it just flummoxed me this idea that I could be efforting so much, yeah, and I didn't actually deserve necessarily, or was not entitled to mm. or anything, and. Yes, gardening absolutely yeah. underlines that, doesn't it? Yeah, Planting,
1: sowing, yeah. Yeah, and also that you know that I'm, I'm a great believer and I think this is something that sort of informs my sense of responsibility about myself and my life and you know, I'm quite intentional with what I do because I think I know through my own training but also through my own development and my own therapy and my own sort of engagement with psychological ideas generally what I can control is just about pretty much the inside of my head, and that's it.
0: Well, you're doing well
1: if you can control the inside of your head. <laughs> it takes a bit of time sometimes, but, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, that's it. That's all I can, and, and, and yes, I think something yes. about having a business really puts you out there into the world, and you suddenly realise that very much like gardening, you cannot control how other people perceive you. And my goodness, that's challenging.
0: Absolutely and how to the thing I find challenging is how to communicate what it is I want to communicate you know how literal to be and I what I've come to is to recognize actually I can only be myself and I can Mm. only do this in the way that feels fine for me and there will be people who like that and then there will be people who really don't and Mm. they won't be
1: my my people and that's fine isn't it? Yep I mean I can say that I can say that and I can write that and I can hear that. And I can, you know, I can, th- yep, totally. I've, I've said that, you know, you know, put myself out. There's going to be people who hate this and that's good because it means you've got a strong brand and it's it's great as an idea. And then someone tells you that they don't like you. It's just like, and
0: you went into the U instead of the I at that point. Did you hear yeah. yourself?
1: What, what 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 do you mean? What do you mean you don't like me? What do you mean <laughs> that you know? What do you yeah. But I'm. But I'm trying to be so nice to everybody. And I'm trying to be so good at this. And I'm trying to be so not upsetting anybody. What do you mean you don't like? Me? what you know. What else could I possibly do? Um, and then you realise emotionally, we're so tied up with, you know, the tribe and what's reflected back to us. So, and that's you know, that's not to say that I don't. I'm not real and i'm not authentic and you know but yeah when that happens it's a very different and do you think that's different for women yes yes i do yes so
0: we are more often than men uh editing and finessing and
1: yeah i think i think there is a lot to be said about how women are socialized to live within the gaze of others yeah i think we are you know the male gaze is not just the male gaze it's the other gaze that we are socialized to exist as observed by others rather than inhabiting our own reality and our own existence i'm not i'm not saying we do that all the time but i think you know as as a gender we are we are sort of quite conditioned and quite yeah trained i suppose to really consider how our actions affect other people yeah we're we're sort of trained to be quite secondary in emotional terms, so we, we should be nice and we should be kind, and we should not upset anyone, not be too strong, not be too aggressive. Um, so I get the feedback quite a lot that i 'm quite scary, and even though i sort of i'm very careful in in terms of how i uh, i don't mute myself at all, but i'm I'm very careful to 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 manage the level of assertiveness that I probably have innately. In, in order to not uh, alienate or, or sort of um, affect other people. And I think that is partly, I'm a great fan of sort of evolutionary psychology and I think it, it's it got its limitations, but I think it has a lot to teach us in terms of my survival traditionally would be completely determined by being accepted by my tribe and being uh, thoughtful and careful with the social relationships that I formed in my tribe. Whereas for men that's about assertiveness and dominance. It's not about caregiving and care eliciting, it's about um, very different indicators of status. And when you look at people who are on social media, or they're setting up businesses, or they're just going about their day, I do think the pressures on women are very different.
0: And how do you see that? Mm, I don't know whether this might might not be something that's easy to answer. How do you see that that play itself out in your other role as a psychologist? Mm.
1: Ah, well, <laughs> big question. I um, well, no, well, yes and no. I am in psychological terms. I would say, oh, I've never really talked about this before, but uh, I would say I've got the best of both worlds. So, because I am a woman, I am innately I'm what's called a super mentalizer. So. My sort of my brain architecture and my upbringing has meant that I am exquisitely sensitive to detecting the mental states of others. What did you call that? A super? I'm a super mentalizer. Mentalizer. So if I've got my channels open and I've got you know yeah. in the right setting, I yeah. can I can hear people thinking and I can feel people feeling. So I can do you know really quite complicated assessments and I do sort of infant mental health assessments and things. So really tuning into children's experiences of emotions and and anxiety and fear and and how they're relating to others. But there's a core of me that's made of absolute steel. And so when I give evidence in court, I have all these barristers who, you know, think that they're going to get a bit of an easy ride with a psychologist. And trust me, they don't. I'm just completely unflappable. I'm completely, you know, very thoughtful, very human, very compassionate, incredibly, empathic about both the parents experience and children's experience but I tell you what nobody's ever got the better of me in cross-examination so it's it works perfectly Mm. and it's powerful yeah and it's it's interesting because I think it's you're powerful yeah and it is it is in terms of flow states nobody likes giving evidence nobody likes going to court you know there's this real sort of uh anxiety fluttery is a horrible thing but I t but take—but is my flow state when I'm in there mm-hmm. and I'm and it's that sort of flow states are about high demand, high skill. So it's 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 absolutely me at my most there, most present. Absolutely back against the wall. Go on then. Let's see what you've got. Bring it on. Yeah totally. Yeah.
0: And then That feels like... I'm just wondering how you experience the difference in your garden and your flower field, in your growing, in your delicate... It's also very dainty and delicate and pretty. And I'm not saying that the act of gardening or or Mm. growing is those things. I was was thinking about seeds, really, and Mm. selecting pictures and taking photos. And it's like... sort of marketing bit of the action of growing
1: Mm. i mean i was just thinking i mean the subject matter potentially aside i wonder if someone saw my photography or my website or my um seed packets out of context if they would be able to say whether or not they were designed by a man or a woman oh that's an interesting question that is an interesting question isn't it what makes you ask that? I guess because I don't think of myself as being dainty dainty at all (laughs) and I was just sort of mentally looking at my aesthetic and thinking oh I see my aesthetic as being quite punchy and quite sort of strong and quite but maybe it's not maybe maybe in my design maybe that's where I am able to be more feminine or whether or not, like you say, there's something about marketing that means that I bring the slightly more palatable, slightly more, I wouldn't ever say that what I do is pretty, but maybe I feel that that side of things is more acceptable and more attractive and more
0: palatable, somehow.
1: palatable somehow. But that is therefore what I need to do in order to succeed as a business is I have to sort of adjust the expression of myself in order to be to be successful maybe because
0: I was actually thinking when I said delicate mm. I was actually in my mind I was seeing the action of separating the fluff from the seed mm. that was the yeah you see that I was I'd gone into a kind of a dream thinking about that process of Collecting seed and then the fluff being blown off, and Mm, and on the winnowing, you're doing it on a much larger scale, (laughs) Um, and therefore maybe the experience is not like that. But there Mm. is a delicacy required in order to even Mm. notice these things: the nuance, the detail, the Mm. yeah, the nuance and the detail, and that's a different uh, usage Mm. of what you're describing in terms of being able to feel and sense in yeah. other people, what's going on. It's that same attention to detail, isn't it? It's that same skill set yeah. applied in a really different place.
1: Yeah. And I, I keep meaning to ask a photographer this, but I have started just to check if this is normal or not. I've started when I've been, you know, I have a lot of photographs in my Lightroom, and I'll be just going through and I'll think, Oh, that's quite nice. And I'll click on it and I'll do something to it to suggest it. And I now get like a, it's like a twitch. It's like, if, it's, if something's not right in the picture, I'll just get like a, fit. No, it's not a physical twitch, but I'll get a very kinesthetic reaction. And then I go, oh no, that's not right.
0: I completely recognize that. Yeah. So when I'm writing and it feels right, or when I'm having a conversation, mm-hmm. there is a definite visceral experience of, yes, this is a kind of a clunk. Yes. this is meaningful it's 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 yeah it has meaning it has importance mm. is that the kind of thing you're talking about with your
1: twist yeah and I think I think I it's 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 almost a bit like synesthesia that idea that your senses sometimes crosswire a bit and I get it with people all the time I get mm. it with um, and funnily enough, I've always had it with interiors. I can walk in and I can know if something feels right or if something makes me twitch a bit. Mm. And and there's some, but there's, it's interesting that it's coming in such a pure visual form now that I can't I can't put any language to it. Often with people, I can put language to it, but it's almost like it's shortcutted language now, and it's just a, it's just like a oh oh something's not right there. And I sometimes yeah. I look at the photo and I can't work out what it is that's making me twitch. I just know that it's, it's not, you know, but if I'm super busy, I'll post it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? Because that's not the, that's the,
0: that's the lack of perfection, which we're all sort of, well, I don't know (laughs) who, but I'm really trying not to be a perfectionist because it makes life so difficult. (laughs) Oh my
1: goodness. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But if I want I want to retrack a second to what you were saying about the sensation of going into a room because where I went with that was thinking, yes, I'm one of those people who if the window's not open enough, it's a bit stuffy, or something's not quite right about the light level, or the I just I won't settle. I need to finesse and adjust the environment slightly. I instinctively know that this environment isn't quite right. And quite often, I'll pluck up the courage and say that, or we'll do something about it. And somebody will say, Oh, thank goodness you did that. I was thinking it, but, but I didn't want to say.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, a- I, I'm, I'm going to have to let you into a secret, which is I live in absolute chaos. <laughs> I live in, I have a beautiful house, a tiny, 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 tiny cottage. Um, I have a husband, and I have three dogs, and I have a full time job and a side business, and I have. And I tell you what, I just, housework doesn't even get a look in. I'm not talking about housework though. Mm -hmm. But I mean, but my environment is very often not conducive to peaceful. I know know exactly what you're talking about. And I know know that sense of something, you know, you, you just need to adjust. But actually, I think I have a hope that one day in the future, I will give myself permission to give that enough time and space. Because I think that is a sign of... Self-respect in a lot of ways and self-care,
0: and that was where I was going. Actually, what I was thinking was that sounds to me like it might well be a function of a full-time job, yeah. a side business, <laughs> um, a tendency to just write a couple of books because we're in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't have a tidy house either um, if I didn't have some help and
1: and did all that stuff. But I think something I'm quite good at. And I don't have to live with me. So, you know, I can say this is I'm quite good at, I call it perspective. I think anyone who knows me would argue that I have any perspective whatsoever. <laughs> and I always, say, I always say to my husband, I'm so laid back and he just chokes into his coffee. But actually, I do believe that I am quite laid back because I'm able to say, is that essential right now? Does that matter right now? Yes. No? Then, then just doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, not, not I'm not sure really I'd call bad. that laid back. I think I'd call <laughs> that able to distinguish
0: between what matter, what's urgent and what's important and yeah. do what is needed with the amount of time that you've got
1: available. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll feed that back to him. He'll appreciate your understanding. Oh, <laughs> 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 <Aww. laughs> He's not laid back either. Can I just say he's, he is. Yeah. He's just a version of me in a slightly different body. But yeah, I think, I'm, I think I've got more perspective. I think I'm able to say, do you know what? That doesn't matter right now. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just not going to yeah. think about it.
0: Which I imagine is part of how you can compartmentalise the horrific things that you've described seeing Yeah. and experiencing. Because I don't know how... You survive otherwise actually with so much how many people did you
1: say you'd seen that week when we were speaking oh there was yeah it was sort of 15 children and nine adults and yeah
0: and it's heartbreaking stuff so having having that um counterbalance of nature and a place to be a place to go I am I don't know whether you do but I can imagine I would throw off all the sort of the bags and the chattels and and be outside as soon and in any weather as I possibly could be if I came home from a day after of having done done what you've been doing those days
1: well it's interesting because I think the thing that I do to manage what I see and what I hear is the only way I can process it is if I use what I've absorbed for the good of the children So actually the only way I can really process what's happening is to come home and to – I don't sit down and write straight away because assessments need a huge amount of sort of gestation and percolating. absolutely. But I will stay in work mode for quite a long time because – Oh, really? Yeah. So I've – yes. And actually I think some of that coping strategy of just keep moving, just keep moving, just keep doing, you know, it matters if you can – Um, you can do something with it. And I do sometimes, I think about, Mm -hmm. this is a horrible word, but exploitation. So I think the thing that is absolutely hardest about my job is that my job is to go in. I never, ever, ever am not truthful about what I do and who I am and what my role is. But because of who I am, people trust me. And then very often I will go to court and I will say, I'm so sorry, just... You can't, you know, you can't do this with this child now. You can't. They've got to go and live somewhere else. And that's one of the hardest things to ever do to another human being. I mean, it is just, that is the hardest thing about my job. It's not seeing the pain of the children. It's not hearing the stories of what's happened. It's being the person that takes responsibility for that life-changing decision. And actually, I think in those moments, I never come home and just go and sit in the garden, ever. And I think something that I find really hard is just allowing something to be what it is because I think I've coped for so long through action. And en- when I say engagement, I mean doing something about something. And the garden is very different. And of so going back to what we were talking about earlier is, is the garden doesn't always allow you to be in control or to intervene or to save or to, you know, to... To even just have any influence on lots of bits of things, so yeah,
0: so interesting because I don't do anything. I have not ever worked in a in a way that sounds as oh, I don't know intense and responsible. And mm. I have worked as a therapist, and I have heard some really mm. difficult things, but it's been from adults to you know I'm an adult mm. therapist. What I know that I find my garden really helpful for is to override my head so it's interesting because I think we're very different in the way that we do this but Mm. sometimes when I don't I know that I'm not right in terms of how I'm feeling something feels off and yet I can't quite get to it Mm. going outside being in the garden grounding connecting with nature I will find myself furious or crying or something that's pent up Mm. will express itself in a way that it wouldn't have done if I hadn't gone and made contact with nature. So I was imagining that you might find yourself doing the same thing and I think it's really interesting how different that is.
1: I think maybe one day it will be like that and I think I am... acutely aware that one of the books I wrote and I talked about how you do something is how you do everything yeah and trust me I can I can garden in a stressful compulsive <laughs> overachieving yeah. I go out there and I, all I see is jobs to do and not enough time to do it in and I think where I am at the moment it has been like that for quite a while that I just have not had time I wouldn't say I haven't had time to emotionally process things but I certainly haven't had I haven't had the ability to step outside of myself in order to garden and to be in my garden in the way that I believe my garden deserves and I deserve, that you deserve. Yeah. yeah and I'm that's definitely a process and it's you know, I, I get glimpses of it every so often and very often actually when other people come to the flower field and we have a pizza oven and we have, you know, parties and family and things like that. And when I can see it through someone else's eyes, I suddenly have this jolting moment of, oh my God, it is so beautiful. Mm. And then you know, the next day we have put the tent down and we've, you know, folded up the you know chairs and stuff and suddenly it's back to, oh God, there's bindweed in the beach hedge. Oh God, you know, and it's so, Yeah. Mm.
0: there must be a lovely metaphor in that bindweed in them in the beach edge
1: mm. I had to crop it out of the Instagram live this morning though I knew not exactly where it was I was trying to angle the camera around it but,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> so even with the sort of move towards being able to share more
1: I, don't <laughs> <bunch> <laughs> <beads yet. laughs> I know there's a patch of um down the back where We've had some peonies and a bit of a meadow. We're going to put a fruit cage up, and uh, I keep thinking, oh, I want to film that. and I want to make a little video about preparing soil. And we've got some compost to put down. I think, God, I mustn't. I must do the path first because <laughs> the path is just thistles. So, um yeah, I mean, there's real and there's there's real, isn't there? There is, and it's interesting to
0: think how you know to wonder how how real an audience wants wants you to be wants mm. to be. I was I was watching. I think it was a Letitia McLoof. Do you know Letitia? Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, she did a piece recently on bindweed in her garden. Mm. She, you know, how she gardens in was it five minutes or fifteen minutes? I think it's. 15. I think it's five. Well, That's you think five. it's five. I thought it was fifteen. But oh, anyway, well. she must have dashed out, grabbed some bindweed, mm. <laughs> um, and, and 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 dashed in again. But uh, I really enjoy the, the imperfection. Yes, I I find it harder. I'm getting better at sharing
1: Mm.
0: the bits that don't look so good.
1: But I think it's going grey.
0: I've allowing myself to go grey, which is a (laughs) but it's a decision. I mean, it's interesting because I've dyed my hair since my late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. And I've been tussling with the idea for a couple of years that shall I stop? It takes so mm. much time and it's expensive. And uh, and then lockdown happened and I thought, okay, well, here's my chance. This is it. And I don't really notice it until I'm walking along the street and someone says, oh, look at you, which happened to me this morning. And I'm looking at what I'm wearing and I'm looking at the dog and I'm thinking, okay, well, what is it she's looking at? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't see my head. Where yeah. there is definitely a change. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, something you said a moment ago was um, about how much imperfection the audience, an audience, wants. My first thought was an audience is a multitude of people who've all got a different threshold. But then I was sort of back to this idea of us existing in sort of the gaze of others and and what we show is determined by what's, how we're going to be received. Or how comfortable
0: we are. And how much of that is determined by what we think other people will find palatable? Yeah. And can we push the boundaries of that and still be received? Which is the point at which we're too much? Yeah. And then we're back to that whole discussion about women in society. Mm. And what is it? Okay. How, how, how real can we be and how much can we expect to take up our space? Mm. And I think we could go on for hours, but I, I'm noticing the time.
1: Absolutely. We probably ought to stop, but, it, but it's been really, really lovely. Well, thank you so much. I love having conversations like this. I, you know, I, could, talk about, I could talk about things like this for hours. What is this we're talking about? Do you think? What would you call? Um, I think we're talking about <laughs> oh, this is terrible jargon. It's sort of reflective, reflective practice. But no, I think we're talking about the stuff that people often skirt round. Yes. And I think probably because we've got the backgrounds that we have, we've had the training that we've had. You know, you and I are quite used to having conversations about things that most people go, "Oh gosh, oh yeah," um, and being quite comfortable with discomfort and quite comfortable with. Sort of having a bit of a rummage in things that most people would probably skim over, yes. And sitting with that and just going, "Oh, that bit. What's what? Let's have a bit of a look at that bit, and, and let's what's pull that link pull that to bit. that bit." Yeah. So, and I think you know, there's a real, and it might be a product of sort of where I'm at in terms of my personal and professional lives that I'm thinking a lot about. Gender issues and social issues mm-hmm. and my responsibilities yeah. and so it's really lovely I guess for me to have an opportunity to talk to someone who's able to and, and willing and comfortable with tying all of those things together about you know not just my business and my job but women in society and how we're perceived and, and how we feed into those perceptions and so yeah so I would say it's a conversation about the big stuff and the small stuff and how they all fit together
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and that is absolutely what I love to do and and I, and I really really love the fact that we start with the garden and the growing and mm. the reason I invite someone to come on my podcast is because we have that in common as well as I can see that there's a depth of conversation that's possible mm. and then we have these I think brilliant conversations I really, yeah. really enjoy digging around as you put it mm. um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: thank you grace very very much thank you it's been a pleasure
0: wow well that was quite a conversation and one which as you heard i very much enjoyed not that i don't enjoy all my podcast chats the show notes where i'll share details of everything we mentioned are at www.growthfully.co.uk and you'll find both grace and me on instagram Grace is at Grace Alexander Flowers and I'm at Growthfully. We'd love to hear your comments on our conversation. Please use the hashtag MyGardenMyLifePodcast so I can spot them. And if you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, I'd really be thrilled. I'm so excited every time I read one as it really does help people find us.